NHL season starts tonight. Blue Jackets start tomorrow in Nashville. Four straight games on the road. Let's talk to Aaron Portsline of The Athletic. Hey, Porty. Hi, Aaron. Welcome back. Good you, good morning. Good morning. How are y'all? Good, good. I came in this morning and Torg hit me to the Dallas Stars and the COVID situation down there in Texas. Are they going to even, I mean, it's already a late start, of course, to the season. Are they going to be able to pull this off? I mean, we'll see, right? It's not the bubble. They had the bubble to finish last season. It's kind of a bunch of moving bubbles. It's not unlike what the NFL did. I mean, I think the players and the teams are still getting used to the protocols. They sense a lot of frustration. I think there's an expectation that there's going to be some difficult days. This guy can't play. These five guys can't play. Um, Serious ups and downs. But you know what? Well, I'm not sure a lot of people thought the NFL could do it. The NBA, the NHL last summer, whenever the hell that was. Um, but they've done it. I didn't think people thought college football could get off the ground. They just finished that season. Not easily, not always pretty, but they finished it. So I'll reserve judgment and we'll watch closely. What's the rules? You know, baseball had the guys, you know, the 30 or 40 extra guys there from the minor leagues that could pull up. Football had an expanded practice squad. What is the NHL going to do if, let's say, three guys come down with COVID or four? Is it just as simple as, well, you got a AHL team and you could just fly someone in and, and standard rules apply? Well, it's going to be even more specific than that. They're allowed to have what's called a taxi squad this year. Minimum four, maximum six players who are essentially AHL players. So it's beyond the 23-man roster limit. You can also keep four to six guys in the taxi squad. Those players will travel with you. They'll be held to the same sort of uh, protocols as the rest of the team. So you know that if you need players, there's players you can draw from. I'm not sure what happens if there's a huge outbreak like we saw with the Stars. They've delayed their season by a week or so. I I, I believe the NHL is sort of prepared for that scenario and that there is a week-long gap uh, between the end of the regular season and the start of the playoffs, the potential start of the playoffs. So they can push it back a week if they needed to. Not ideal, but it's there. So, Porty, and I don't want Blue Jacket fans to be mad thinking I'm being insensitive because I love the sport. I grew up watching it. But you got a sport that doesn't have the TV deals as the other sports do. Gary Bettman came out earlier this week and said the losses are in the billions. We're going to loan teams money. Some teams didn't want to play. My whole point is why play from the standpoint of, as a Blue Jacket fan, I don't want this team to lose $100, $200 million, take a loan, have to pay it back, cut payroll. I'm sure that's all across the league. Uh, I want everyone to be safe. I want to go to Nationwide. Uh, Why play? Well, I I would say as a fan, best you can, I would leave those sort of tortured decisions to the ownership level. And from everything I've gathered here, John McConnell, owner of the Blue Jackets, wants to play. I think the picture you get from this needs to be the owner of the team. Where where is that owner's business? What is his his money? Some of these guys have businesses that have been gutted by COVID, but so many of them have businesses that have soared yeah. during COVID. And so for some owners, it, they're not destitute. It's going to hurt them to not have fans, absolutely. 
but they they want their season to be played. The pay, the players want to get paid. Obviously, fans want to watch the games. The the sense of normalcy, the desire for some sort of normalcy, is just that strong. Yeah. And you mentioned McConnell. How about the uh, <clears throat> excuse me the coaching staff from torts on down, the trainers, the players. Now we've had a lot in the news the last. Uh, for six weeks or so, but what is the st- where are we at locally with uh, COVID in the jackets? Well, I have to say I haven't heard like, anything, uh, not one. But well, the players, the, the Blue Jackets had seventeen players held out of practice early in training camp, all in one day. Boom, seventeen guys missing, um, and it wasn't because someone tested positive. It was because there was some sort of a protocol mix-up. Uh, they're getting used to this new the new system they have to follow. The next day, 15 of those 17 players were back. So they, they have a couple of guys missing right now. Andrew Peak, Miko Koivu, that the club has not uh, said exactly what's wrong with them, will not leap to conclusions. But so far, look, this team also had a bunch of breakouts of, of COVID uh, back in the, in the fall when they had to close around okay. uh, Thanksgiving where they closed nationwide uh, for two weeks. The, the, the back end of it, the locker room where the players work out for two weeks, uh, because there was a breakout of COVID among players. So several of these guys have had it already. Uh, it's going to be day-to-day, guys. It, it is going to be day-to-day with who has it, who doesn't. Surprises here and there, just like the Cleveland Browns and their their last month. There's going to be good news. There's going to be bad news. And it's going to be a roller coaster. And yeah. Stinger, of course, has the antibodies, so we're good there. Yeah. <laughs> well, Boomer's protected. I don't want to <laughs> Yes, yes. Aaron Portsline is with us from The Athletic. So, uh, you know, I was I was reading that fans, they were hoping that fans in Columbus could see games soon. What's the latest on that? Yeah, so the sense is that early that's not going to happen. Look, I think everyone's hopeful that there's going to be a wave of vaccines hit here. The season ends in mid-May. I think the hope is that by springtime, if this gets under control, if the numbers become uh, both down Mm -hmm. in terms of the contraction and spread, but also the numbers of people getting the vaccine is up, then maybe it could be allowed uh, a select number of fans. I don't think anybody expects there to be 18,000 fans at any point this season. I think the hope is still for next fall to be some kind of normal. Um, But for, for now, no. Uh, but but hopeful for the future. So let's talk on the ice because this team kind of on paper isn't developed like a John Tortorella team would like, but, uh, you know, at some point I assume he's going to have to trust this young guy, these young guys, and, and it's probably the deepest team they've had, one of the most talented. Maybe they don't have the bread man and huge stars like that, but they got a lot of young talent. I guess the question is, will John Tortorella trust these young guys in crucial situations? Well, I think John Tortorella has quite the history here in Columbus of having to trust young guys. I think if you look up and down this lineup, there are some guys that, yeah, there's a question mark. Is Texier ready for number one line duty? That's a big, big role. Um, I think he's come to trust his defense implicitly. Oh, yeah. It's a great defense, the top two pairs. I think he learned last year that he can trust these goaltenders. I think the trust of young players for John Tortorella is probably less of an issue now than it has been in the past. I think the concern with this club, it's his as well, is where the goal is going to come from. And that was before Gustav Nyquist got hurt. He's going to miss most of the season recovering from shoulder surgery. 
Um, you know, Max Domi is a player that I, I think people here are really, really going to like. I think he's the kind of player that by himself brings an impact to the offense, but he also helps several other guys with his game. I think he brings Cam Atkinson to life. I think by his presence, they move Boone Jenner to left wing where he's much more effective. He can just play and forecheck, and that's where a lot of his goals come from. So I don't think it's crazy to think that they can score more goals, but I think when you look at this team on paper, the concern that jumps out is can they score enough to keep pace with the high-scoring teams in this league, the best teams. Yeah, this Pierre-Luc Dubois thing, I love how Torts is handling it, but isn't it a little uncomfortable for the play? Because he's open. They're talking about it, and they're going to handle it. But if you're Pierre-Luc Dubois, one, I'm not trading him because I don't have to for a while, and I don't know who leaked it, but it devalued his trade value. Uh, it's it's kind of uncomfortable, and I kind of like it, that you go into a locker room, everybody knows you don't want to be there, and yet they're they're not denying it and they're handling it openly. It's got to be uncomfortable for him, and I don't care. You know, I don't think anyone gives a crap and feels sorry for the guy. No, you know what? It's it's similar. They're, they're different situations because one's a younger player with, with fewer contractual rights, but it's not unlike the Panarin and Bobrovsky situation yeah. where when that got into the last year, you know everyone's looking at those guys saying, what's going on? And then Bob blows up training camp two years ago um, with his comments before they even take the ice. They learned how to deal with this stuff um, two years ago with Panarin and Bobrovsky. The situation with Dubois, like, he may want to trade. I think it's pretty clear that that trade is going to happen on Yarmo Kekalainen's terms, sure. Blue Jacket terms, not on Pierre Luc right. Dubois' terms. And I, I don't, honestly, don't see it happening anytime soon. My question is if it goes a year, if he's still with this team past the draft next year and before training camp next year, does the Dubois camp get ugly about it? Um, because I don't think Yarmo's compelled to trade him until he has an offer that blows him away. Yeah, and I don't know why. Yeah, and I, I don't know why that went public. That, yeah, because that didn't yeah, help. It, not good. I don't yeah. know. Well, it, yeah. We know how it goes. I, I can tell you how it goes public. A GM calls another GM and says, what's the market for Pierre-Luc Dubois? Yeah. And three or four of them hear trade talks regarding Pierre-Luc Dubois. That's stuff that GMs uh, get really, really excited about. There's very few players that they get giddy about. He's one of them. A name like that is even available on the down low, and it leaks pretty quickly because guys like that just don't become available. What is he ranked? Yeah. If you were to put a top 30, 40, 30, 50 range? You mean among centermen? Uh, no, well, in the league, just overall. I mean, at centermen, oh. obviously, it's higher than that, but... Yeah, I mean, among centermen, I would say he's probably top, I don't know, 10 to 15, but with yeah. a bullet, right? I mean, yeah. the really yes, right. guy his career is just, just launching. That's the tricky part. Yeah. Hey, how's the R-Bar doing? Do you know anything about it? I mean, uh, what their status is What's currently? What's the latest? Yeah, you know, it was really cool how a ton of players and, and fans uh, stepped up with, with donations. Um, that's one of those, I mean, what is what are we doing if that place isn't there near nationwide arena? I plan to get down there early in the season, might write a piece um, about the place while they're on the road, the blue jackets. Um, but I think everybody, everyone's hoping that place can survive to my understanding is that they're, they're still there. They're still hopeful. And what we talked about earlier, maybe there could be fans later in the season. 
that's as big a deal for the R bar as it is for anybody. Yeah. Uh, can there be people in the building? Can there be people in the R bar? Can they stay open after 10 o'clock? Let's just get through this thing and, and hope that some of the things we love and cherish most survive on the other side. Yeah, even just to show up and watch it on TV there it would be a, a huge help. Torque, we should host a night down there. Yeah, I'm down for it. Just kind of put on social media that we're going to go drinking down there some. We need Porty, though, for people to show. Porty, yeah. Yeah, no one will show for us. No one will show for us, Cherry. That's true. (laughs) Hey, Porty, honest to God, I'm not saying this because we're pals. You're the only reason why I get the athletic. Only? Well, I mean, I like like your stuff. I mean, I, you know, I just read, I got it so I can read the best Blue Jacket coverage. You're super, you're very kind. You know what gets me misty every week, honestly, is reading Joe Posnanski's diary on the Browns, because there's a lifelong Browns fan. I'm that. And to see, to hear, I mean, I just get all kinds of goofy, emotional reading it. Um, but I appreciate you saying that. There, there's lots of stuff there, but I really appreciate your kind words. No, it, no, it's good. Everything's good. I mean, they have the best sports writers across the country, but I, I get it. So if I want trade news or what's going, I got, sure. I know I got it from Porty. You're the best. All right. All thanks, right, thanks, Aaron. Anytime, boys. Anytime. Talk to you soon.